Hello, my name is Father Stace DeFoya, and I am the rector or senior priest of Church of the Epiphany in East Denver, Colorado. And basically, us clergy have had to sort of reinvent ourselves during this COVID-19 crisis. So I'd like to share some thoughts with you. Of course, during this crisis, we thought much about mortality, about our lives, about our deaths, and even about our legacies. What, what would we leave behind if we were no longer here? Now is the winter of our discontent, made glorious summer by the sun of York, and all the clouds that lured upon our house in the deep bosom of the ocean buried. These are the jealous words of Richard III, in Shakespeare's play of the same name, Richard was jealous of the reign of his brother, Edward IV. And history records his lust for power and his hand in the killing of his nephews and other acts of tyranny. Richard reigned only two years and was killed in the War of the Roses. He was hastily buried in a monastery that was destroyed in the Protestant Reformation a generation later. Recently, Richard III's remains were found along with the monastery after being lost for over 500 years. All that pomp and power, gone. His lust and longing for the throne, gone after a two-year reign. And his grave was found underneath the parking lot. I turned and gave my heart up to despair concerning all the toil of my labors under the sun. Because sometimes one who has toiled with wisdom and knowledge and skill must leave all to be enjoyed by another who did not toil for it. So says the teacher in the book of, of Ecclesiastes. Jesus is more stark. The land of a rich man produced abundantly, and he thought to himself, what should I do, for I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool. This very night your life is being demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich towards God. The city of Colossae received a letter from Paul, and the city was destroyed by an earthquake. Not long after they read, the very letter. These make Paul's words all the more important. If you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. 
but to death, therefore, whatever in you is earthly. Paul is using baptismal imagery. In our minds, baptism is an event that can sometimes seem cute or soft. But the imagery we use in baptism is the image of death. We die with Christ, and we are raised with Christ. Paul says it here in Colossians. We may shy away from the language of death, because we are a culture that worships health, youth, beauty, and vitality. But look at where we are now. And as Anthony of Sorov says, people who are afraid of death are afraid of life. It is the descending into water that is the imagery of death, being buried with Christ. The symbols we use as Christians, the language around us sometimes get lost because when we are baptizing a child, and this is my tradition, dressed in white. But we are saying something in the act of baptism. It is a promise that we are laying our life down. We are dying. We are acknowledging that we are made of clay, and we are putting that vessel of clay in the mercy of God. We are surrendering to the work of Christ on our behalf. We are also saying that we are dead to the old life and taking on a new life. Paul says that since we are raised with Christ, we set our minds on heavenly things, and we put to death earthly things. He has some negative things to say, and positive. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Die to the old self. Clothe yourself with the new. Here are the negatives. We die to fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming on those who are disobedient. These are the ways you also once followed when you were living that life. But now you must get rid of all such things. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have stripped off the old self. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. Paul mentions the things that gratify the flesh in their basis, basis forms. But he also mentions wrath, malice, slander, abusive language, and lying. These are things we also hold on to tightly. Ask yourself these questions. In the past week, was my anger out of control? Did I slander someone? Say something to make them look bad behind their back. Did I insult the person in the next car? Did I lie to someone I love? 
Was I impatient in line at the store? Did I judge someone who didn't wear a mask? We hold on to these kinds of sins because it puts us square in control and puts us above others. Paul says to put these things to death. George MacDonald put it another way. He said you will be dead as long as you refuse to die. As long as we hold on to the behaviors and idols of our lives that are unchristlike, we are holding on to a life that is not life. What does new life look like? Paul says, It looks like compassion, kindness, humility, and meekness, patience, and above all love, and forgiving as Christ has forgiven you. If you have been sinned against, forgive as Christ has forgiven you. Paul also says to be heavenly minded, that is to desire the things of God rather than the things of the world. There's a saying that we can be so heavenly minded that we are no earthly good, but the opposite is also true. As one author says, it's only becoming more heavenly minded that you will be of any earthly good. When our thoughts are raised to Christ, we cannot help, cannot help but live with compassion, humility, and love, because our hearts are with Him. We cannot cling to what is material, because our hearts are with Him. And we cannot be filled with anger and slander, because our hearts are with Him. The Eucharistic table is a foretaste of the heavenly banquet, and is sharing in Christ with all the company of heaven. To ponder the kingdom is to remember our ultimate destiny in Christ. Two weeks before his death, composer Ralph Vaughan Williams was asked what the future life meant to him. Music, he said, music. But in the next world, I shan't be doing music with all the strivings and disappointments. I shall be being it. Callisto Ware says, You are the music while the music lasts, says T.S. Eliot, and in heaven the music lasts forever. If you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with Him in glory. Amen.